Welcome back to the Scott Orlig Show. I'm your host, Scott Orlig, and the world's most prolific artist, Daniel Lampley, is here in the studio with us. So that can only mean it's time again for One Man's World, our semi-regular broadcast where, due to contractual obligation, Daniel and I discuss his most recent work. Tonight's segment is brought to you by Johnsonville Brats. Brats it is. So, Daniel, how are you? Scott, I am brimming with life. Brimming with life. All right. I'm not sure what that means, but it's vaguely positive. Do you mind telling us what you've been up to? Of course not. I'd be happy to fill you in, Scott. Well, it's more for the listener's sake than mine, but go ahead. All right. You'll be happy to hear, Scott. You personally will be happy to hear that I've just sent my 23rd book off to my editor in New York, and it's entitled A Child's Wit. All right. I'd like to say that that news doesn't really make me personally feel one way or another, but that's an interesting title for a book, I suppose. What's it about? Um... About? Yeah, what's the plot of the book? Oh, no, 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 no. no. Uh, it's not a novel, Scott. It's a joke book. A joke book. Title The Child's Wit. So what, you compiled and edited a joke book for kids? or No, no, Scott, of course not. I wrote all 448 jokes myself. You wrote 448 jokes. You did. All by yourself. Uh, yes. Why? Well, Scott, because everyone likes joke books. Literally everyone. We'll let that go for the moment. What's the significance of the title? Ah, you noticed. What did I notice? The title. Well, you told it to me, and I heard you, if that's what you mean. Oh, <laughs> it is. Why are you winking at me? So, uh, where were we? Oh, yes, uh, the title. All right, well, so as you so astutely noticed, the book is entitled A Child's Wit. I'm sure you're dying to know where I got such a title. You know, Daniel, I'm really not. I'm just trying to do a show here. All right, well, as you know, Scott, I have a young nephew, Mason. He's four, and he's just a delight, as you know. Again, I didn't know any of that. This is the first I've heard of him. All right, well, anyway, this last Christmas, while I was visiting my brother and his wife at their home, Mason was being quite the little entertainer. He had just sort of started to figure out the concept of jokes. So he was making up jokes off the top of his little head, just making up jokes and telling us jokes. And these jokes were incredibly simple. They really didn't make sense. But I noticed that even so, everyone was laughing at them. Everyone was laughing and laughing at these childish jokes that Mason was telling. And I mean, you almost couldn't call them jokes, but they had everyone in stitches. And I thought to myself, I could make up jokes like this. I could make up hundreds of jokes like this. And so I did. It doesn't seem like I should even have to say this, Daniel, but those jokes are only funny because a four-year-old is telling them. And even then, it seems debatable. All right, but listen, everyone was dying laughing, Scott. Mason's mother was laughing so hard she was crying. Okay, but no one wants to read a book full of those kinds of jokes written by an adult. Well, I agree, Scott. That's why I'm trusting my readers to imagine that these jokes are being told to them by a child. Why would your readers bother to do that? Assuming adults would actually spend money on a joke book, why wouldn't they just buy a joke book written for adults? Well, I trust my readers. See, I trust my readers' willingness to suspend disbelief, to meet me halfway. My readers want to enjoy things, Scott. They actually prefer to enjoy things. I think it sounds like the easiest possible way to make a buck. If this thing even sells, which it won't. It will, Scott. People will love imagining a precocious little boy or girl telling them these jokes. I disagree. 
Okay. Well, Scott, believe it or not, I actually anticipated this response, so I've brought a selection of jokes from my book with me to read to you. Fine. All right. Now, remember, in order for you to experience this properly, you need to imagine an adorable child telling you these jokes. But really, it's you. Well, that's the wrong attitude. But it's true. (laughs) You're such a literalist, Scott. All right. Just read the jokes. Okay. Here we go. What did the house say to the car? What? I like your seatbelts. I like your seatbelts? That's the punchline? You wrote that? Yes. It's not funny. Well, did you imagine a cute three- to five-year-old telling it to you? No. Well, then it's not my fault that you didn't find it funny. You're prevented from enjoying the joke by the limits of your own imagination. One more. I'll really try to imagine a kid telling the joke this time. All right. Why did the dog go to school? Why? Uh, Because he wanted to swing on the swings. Not funny. Stupid. Well, did you imagine a kid? I don't know, I guess. It didn't work. Your book sounds terrible. Well, there are millions of people who disagree with you, probably. Okay, I think we're done here. You've been listening to One Man's World on the Scott Orlick Show. I'm your host, Scott Orlick, and due entirely to contractual obligation, we've been chatting with the world's most prolific artist, Daniel Lampley. One Man's World is sponsored by Johnsonville Bratz. Bratz it is. We'll be back with Susan Noble to discuss the ramifications of Senator Cartwright's surrender to the authorities early this morning after the weather and a word from our sponsors.